Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good morning and the beautiful Hill Country is under a heat advisory, which means, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's been about 100 degrees um, every day for probably about a week or so. Patrick Timpone, along with Duda, my sidekick, who's lying down on the floor. We have another sidekick on Friday, and uh, she's not lying on the floor, but she's kind of furry like Doodle, and that is Hannah Walheiser. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning, Patrick. Did you say I'm furry like Doodle? I think you are. Look at you. You got this little Doodle thing going. I think it's great. I guess we do both have like curly hair, right? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Hannah lives up in the great state of um, Pennsylvania in um, Amish country. What's that county again? It's famous. Lancaster. Yeah, Lancaster. That's like the mm-hmm. heavy Amish county, county of all time, isn't it? Lancaster County. Yeah, if you say county, that's kind of how they say it here. County? Lancaster County. <laughs> county. Do you ever see that movie with Harrison Ford about the Amish? Uh, oh, yeah. What was that called? That was a, a long time ago. Oh, is I can't that remember the name. Yeah, for those of you listening, what was that called? It'll uh, come somebody, somebody tell us. Call yeah. in. Yeah, call in. 888 Great movies. 663-6386. Email patrick1radonetwork.com. Hannah's been joining us for, uh, for a few Fridays now, and, and we all like her. I like her, too. And she does a lot of social work. She's a mom, and... Um, uh, does um, consultations with folks around the world, and also a yoga girl, and lives in Lancaster County, and uh, where the Harrison Ford movie that we don't know the name of it took place. But you can call us triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Phone lines are working. Call and say hi to Hannah and um, Patrick, and then also Patrick at one radio network dot com. Just before going on the air. I was telling you about that I was, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks beginning to sleep better than I have slept in almost 30 years. Amazing. It's crazy. That's amazing. I know. And I can remember there was a day in 1995, I'll remember this day, that I woke up and I said, do you know I don't even remember the last time I slept through the night. You know, I just, I remember that day. I sat on the bed. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of gone downhill from there for the last 30 years. <laughs> it's like, but then, I don't know, something's going on, something's moving. And Hannah's into change. Look at her website. Check this out. ChangeHannahWalheiser.com. So change is good, right, baby? Change is the real deal. We like change. I think that life is is full of change. So I like to help people move through those changes in their lives, for sure. What do you attribute to you sleeping now? Well, I think it's been a I think it's just been a big, um, big picture, total thing of. you know, just letting go of more stuff, less concern about what's going to happen 
20 minutes from now. Um, I think he moved from concern about what's going to happen five years from now to one year from now to a month from now to next week to 10 minutes from now. I saw that change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can imagine all the stuff I tried in the last 25 years. <laughs> Obviously, oh my God. I could just start my own store with the stuff I took. But then over the years, I just knew that it was, a, you know, just a attention thing, that it was my karma dharma here to, to learn how to just relax more, chill out more, be happy more, trust God more, you know, all the good stuff. And then I would just um, sleep, sleep, sleep better, you know. So I wish it was just one thing, a magic pill, and I could tell everybody how to do it, but it just wasn't my, my thing. It's never just one thing. I feel like there's it's it's always connected to other things. Yeah, it's always it's always something and more. I've been having fun looking at how to, and and this is why I don't sleep too because I'm always experimenting, right? If I would just go to sleep. <laughs> you know, it would be fine. But I'm always kind of looking, you know, from a soul perspective when I lay down and I'll just look and say, okay, what's going Because <laughs> I'm such an inquisitive guy, you know. So if I would just leave that, let that go, I'm sure I would sleep a lot easier. But, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I experiment all the time and say, well, if I'm lying here and who am I and, and you know, and where am I and... Where am I going when I fall asleep? I want to know that. So I do all that kind of crazy stuff. It's no wonder I don't sleep. You know? <laughs> it's, it's no accident. <laughs> it's a lot of, like, is it like spiritual introspection, you think? That's right. Like how, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to figure out, saying, well, how does this work, you know? And mm-hmm. I've had some experience, Hannah, where I actually saw the, it was so cool, saw, saw that little, um, that movement from sleep into dream. I just actually saw it happen. Just And it's just like a little, you're just there in the other reality in the dream worlds. It's, it's just no, you know, it's not really complicated when you really look at it from a simple, you just go from here to here or to here or whatever, or deep, I don't, I don't know where it is. So do you feel like you were you were awake when that happened or you were just I was, I was, had a, an awareness while you were moving into that stage that you wouldn't have had maybe normally? Well, let's see. If you are aware of what's going on, then you're awake. Are we talking about the body or soul? Yes. <laughs> yes. She said yes. <laughs> I guess I mean, like, were you like, oh, I'm awake, but I know that I'm moving into like this, this state before dreams, or were you like in it, but had an awareness while you were moving into it? I don't know if that makes sense. All the above. I don't know. I was the question. I was just aware <laughs> that I, just like I'm aware now that I'm here talking to you, or aware when I'm walking, I'm just aware of being. Some a spiritual being in you know in all this, so I was just aware, conscious, mm. and then mm-hmm. when you're aware and conscious, then you can look and see 
of what's going on. Does that make sense? You can kind of you can kind of see it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So normally, when we fall asleep, we're awake, and then the next thing we know, we're either dreaming or we're awake again in the morning, right? And then mm-hmm. the whole that whole time was either you remember a dream or you don't remember anything. So I think my job, I'm learning here how to just stay awake all the time so then I can see what what this reality is about. Does that make sense? So you're awake even in your dreams? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. When, That's wild. I know. It, we, <laughs> I know. People call it... <laughs> People call it lucid dreaming. You've heard of oh, that? Yeah. Lucid dreaming? Yeah. In my yeah. spiritual path, it's called soul travel. So that's when we're in another reality, dreaming, and talking to people and doing stuff, but we're aware that we're not really in our body on earth, which is what they call lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun because you can learn stuff and and uh, talk to people and work out what's really fun about it is you can work out karma there. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like this is interrupting like your need for deep rest? Probably. To be like, sort of, totally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I ask that I don't question. have these bags under my eyes for nothing, girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> You're like, I was using my samurai to defeat the karma, but like, I was supposed to. Be <laughs> no, no, totally. I mean, totally. You know, but you know, sometimes we <laughs> sometimes this is our cross to bear. I don't want to get too biblical, but sometimes this is what we go through to to do our karma dharma, you know, to do what we want and to learn. And it's just a little downside, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind, you know. I'm into it. What I tell my teacher is, okay, lay it on me, baby. I want to learn it all. I don't care. I don't want to come back to this popsicle stand. Let's get it done. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it hurts. I'm in. I say this all the time to God. All the time. I know That's it's, cool. It's crazy. No, it's crazy. <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that um, as far as dreams go, are you into dreams kind of being foretelling of things in our life? Like, you know, how people be like, oh, I was dreaming that you know, all my teeth were falling out and then people are like, oh, that's a symbol of you not being in control, you're dealing with stress, like stuff like that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's different for everyone just depending on what their state of consciousness is and, and how they view their, their relationship to God and the body. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's good to write them down. At least you can try to figure out, you know, what's going on and the dream recall and and then you can play with it and see if you get some some insights into what's going on. And yeah, making predictions about what's going to happen is difficult, especially when it involves the future. You know, that's <laughs> dangerous territory. Danger, dangerous, <laughs> dangerous territory. What's going on with you? How's your life? How are things? Um, there's a lot going on. There's a, there's a loved one that's, that's in the hospital. Um, and just a, it seems to be a busy week energetically. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm here. Um, 
I'm glad that I'm here with you, that we're doing this again. And yeah, I'm not too much into complaining. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was. I visited some Amish this week again. Got yeah. some black raspberries and some. They actually had sweet corn. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a? We we don't need to get on to it, but you just have a, a family kind of member hospital, so you've been going back and forth. Yes, yeah, it is a, a loved one, and I have gone in to see him a few times, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Has that been hard so that, for you to see it? It has been. It has been hard, yeah. It's been emotional, like it would be, I'm sure, for anyone that's in that situation. I'm sure I'm not the only one yeah. <laughs> right dealing with that, yeah. It's difficult, the hospital situation in the medical model. As you know, it's just very, very hard to navigate that when you kind of got the idea that, well, maybe they could do something different. You know, or, you know, so, yeah. Yes. It's I think fun. it makes you think a lot, you know, this person has had some medical issues for quite some time, but to think that they perhaps could have been handled differently a long time ago. Right. But, yeah. What are you going to do, right? Except love them. Yeah. Visit them. Yeah. If you care to join us, our phone lines are working here. 888-663-6386. We're live on uh, Friday morning, the th- last day of June. Well, let's do something fun. It's the last day of June. Let's do like pay our bills. Oh, I thought you were going to do like trivia. <laughs> fun Friday. Fun, like Friday, fun Friday. Friday. Yeah, we can, we can, well, we still don't know the name of that Harrison Ford movie that was in the Amish. What's the name of that movie? Come on. Uh, it's a great. It was. It'll come. It was a good one though. At the food store where I get all of my news about Hollywood in the in that rack, you know, while you're in the checkout line, you ever watch those cover of the magazine? Oh yeah, really that's the fun. best way to get information. You get everything. You can know everybody that's getting divorced, everybody that's having a baby, everybody that's taking Botox. <laughs> Harrison Ford is in the latest. On all the, on all the, and all the magazines now with the HEB, right? Harrison Ford, right? <laughs> he's eighty, and uh, he's in a new Raiders of the Lost Ark thing or something like. That. So he's all yes, over the, he's all that. over the place. Yeah. Right? Almost every magazine cover. The true life of Harrison. I've seen him on in some videos on some of these shows, you know, talk shows, and, and he's just hilarious. You know, he's really a funny guy. He does. He doesn't take himself too seriously at all. <laughs> he's just hilarious. Yeah, he's really, really fun. <laughs> well, we got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of emails coming in on. Oh, um, did you get a chance to watch uh, our cancer interview? Was it was it Wednesday with Thomas mm-hmm. Seafried? What did you think about him and that his work? It was, it was good. Um, you know, I. I think what kind of stood out for me because I'm gathering he's more of an evolution based like ideology behind his, his um, thinking, please correct me if I'm wrong. Well, he calls it evolutionary biology, but I'm not sure exactly what that means, but yeah, go ahead. And that's okay. Um, But I, I thought it was still cool how 
you know, still here's another perspective of, you know, wanting us to know the truth about the the origins and of, you know, something like cancer and how it really works and, you know, challenging the system that all of us are in. So I got excited about, you know, that common thread that we're seeing from even different perspectives. So the whole idea of it being metabolic and yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, there's so much in there. Like there's so much information in what he said. Um, yeah. Yeah. What stuck out for you? You know, I, First of all, I just really like this guy for some reason. There's something about him that seems really authentic. You know, mm -hmm. and that's why I had him back. You know, we, we had him on about a month ago, a month and a half ago. But I think the big thing for me is that, I mean, he's pretty much proved with 45 years of work and he's funded by private people. There's no, there's no silly money trying to get him to do a certain thing that they have mm -hmm. proven that it, cancer is not, a genetic disease that is the NCI, the Nat National Cancer Institute, all the doctors, you know, all the cancer centers, you know, Cedar sinai and MD Anderson, the big ones, you know. This is what they go with. It's a genetic mm -hmm. thing. You've had just bad luck and you have these cancer and it could be, so we're gonna, we have this targeted chemo and we're going to kill it. Mm -hmm. And it's just not like that. It's a metabolic. Metabolic, which means, and it's pretty much very simple, it's really sugar. It's mm -hmm. really sugar, carbohydrates, sugar. And um, he says you get off the carbs and you lower glutamine, which is an amino acid that the body produces, and people, the cancer goes away. Yeah, it, it was wild. So I think I think I understood though from what he said that everything we eat though can produce glutamine. Didn't he say that? Like it didn't yeah. necessarily have That's, to be sugar. That yeah, exactly. Glutamine appears to be a separate thing, but somehow they've figured out that that glutamine is high in all of these people that present cancer, tumors or whatever it is, bone cancer, kidney, liver, uh, lung. Um, breast cancer, somehow they present that. Um, they're not sure why, but they have this, uh, this uh, little drug, which is actually a drug, that lowers the glutamine, and then you get rid of the sugar, and then people just ditch it, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you hear him tell the story about this fellow who was loaded, and he fasted for 18 days? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to invite him on. I wrote down his name. Oh, cool. I think it was yeah. Tenenbaum or something like that. He's out of England. I want to talk to him. Isn't that interesting? 18 days. Yeah, I want to know what happened over those 18 days. Yeah, I, want to, I want to read that journal. <laughs> yeah, Guy Tenenbaum. Guy Tenenbaum. T-E-N-N. T-E-N-N. I'll find him this weekend and invite him. 18 days of water fasting. What a reset that has to be for the body. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Th that's even better. That's even a little better outcome than, you know, the Gerson people. You know the Gerson people? And they yeah. would pee people on green juices and coffee enemas and, and all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know the 
statistics of everything that's happened down there, so I can't really tell you. But the water fasting thing, I did that one time, um, I guess about, I think it was 1985, I did 14 days. Just water. Was there a reason that prompted that for you? I'm crazy. Oh. (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) No, it wasn't anything special. I did the master cleanse. Have you heard of that one? No. I don't know about that. That's pretty fun. That's kind of a classic where you take um, water and lemon juice, a little bit of maple syrup to keep your blood sugar up, just a little bit, mm-hmm. and a little bit of um, cayenne pepper. Mm-hmm. And the cayenne pepper is supposed to enkindle digestion a little bit to keep things moving. It's a classic. It's called Master Cleanser. And you can drink all that you want, and I would just keep drinking that all the time. And I did it for 14 days. It was pretty pretty cool. I mean, you have some great dreams and get some different insights into reality when you fast. What do you, what changes like, well, what insights did you get? And then what changes did you notice in your body? Oh, I can't speak on the insights because they were just different spiritual things that were going on at the time. And it was like 40 years ago. Who knows what I was thinking? You know, God, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) But I was certainly getting some insights into stuff I was trying to figure out, you know, like life back then, you know, you know, figuring mm-hmm. out life, you know. But um, I didn't lose a lot of weight, which was interesting, a couple pounds, and, um, and wasn't, wasn't hungry at all. Wasn't hungry at all. First few days, very hungry, and then it doesn't matter. You, know? mm-hmm. you ever fasted? Yeah, but only like short term. I've done like three day water fasts just to kind of unplug. Like, how'd you like that? I I liked it. I mean, it I was a little more tired than usual, but <laughs> yeah, it was good. I think it's good to, you know, if you're able to, it's not a bad idea to fast sometimes. Yeah. At least intermittently. Yeah, a lot of the people we've been talking to of late, Hannah. By the way, we're live here uh, Friday morning, as live as I can be, and. And it looks more alive than I do. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. If you'd like to call, it's ten thirty Central Time on the thirtieth of June. Patrick at one radio network dot com. Oh, witness Harrison Ford. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you, whoever yeah. whoever read it. In. <laughs> From George in Seattle. George is up early in Seattle. Witness. Yeah, that's always a. Thank was, you, George. Was, thank you, George. Thank you. Thank you, George. What we were talking about? Oh, somewhere the fasting, water fasting, the intermittent water. fasting, yeah, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you eat less when it gets hot up there? Does it ever get hot in Lancaster County? Yeah. Well, it gets it gets uh, really sticky and humid. We're kind of in that. Um, it, I just kind of describe it like an armpit. It's kind of like the climate right now. I like it. Uh, armpit is kind of about what we got. So, yeah, I naturally just tend to eat less when it's super hot. Like, I'm just not as hungry. So, you know, and I want to eat things like watermelons because it's hot. Yeah, I'm with you. And dude, yeah. she has been, whew, man, 
she's every night she's been like skipping two days in a row now it's so hot mm. and she doesn't want any i put uh, she generally eats uh, the raw grass-fed beef you know put an egg in there wants no part of the beef no too heavy so i've been giving her chicken and she likes chicken it's a lighter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she just knows what she wants i like girls that know what they want you know what i mean just tell me what you want i'll give it to you <laughs> Preach it, Patrick. Preach. What's that? I said, preach it. Preach it, baby. Tell all the, tell all the men out there. I don't know if my dad. I don't know if I ever told you. My dad told me he was so quiet. He never said a lot of stuff. But one time, I don't know where this came from. I don't know. I was talking about a girlfriend or something. And he said, um, he said, okay. He said, I'm just going to tell you this, and you know, just for what it's worth, is with women, you just give them what they want. Because eventually they're going to get it anyway. So you may as well make your life easy. <laughs> I'll always remember that. And he did that with my mom. I mean, he, you know, <laughs> and my mom didn't ask for much, but if she wanted something, he would figure it out. You know, Aww. wasn't that sweet? He would just figure it out. Yeah. And I, and I think I can think back, and I think I only remember them having a scuffle, like an argument. One time. That's crazy. That's wild. We have seven seven kids. Wow. I know. My dad was a real sweetheart boy. He just, he he was just, he just didn't complain. (laughs) He just went, he went to work every day. You're going to get me crying here. I think he Mm -hmm. didn't miss a day in 45 years or something like that. Wow. I know. Never complained, never talked about it. Anyway, That's amazing. I know. It's like this angel was just sent down there for me to say, okay, you can do this. Just do it. Go to work. Do it. That's really cool. What uh, was his name, Patrick? Frank. Frank Timpone. Frank. <laughs> the only thing he really liked a lot other than his kids and, and life was golf. So he mm. he got me taught me how to play golf years ago. And we used to play golf every now and then. Cool guy, and it was, it, it, he he retired after I don't know, maybe in early eighty four, eighty five. After working all this time, and he didn't really have anything to do. It was really interesting. He almost looked lost in a way. Mm. Almost looked lost, and. Uh, he left like a year later. Just left his body. I'm out of here. And he waited till all of us were home at Christmas to go. Wow. Isn't that cool? He knew. Wow. Yeah. Took him to the hospital, woke up in the middle of the night. I was home on vacation. I was working in Austin and he just had to go to the hospital. He didn't know why. Next day, he just, Hmm. interesting. Yeah, for me, I think it's just a good idea to keep working. I mean, what would I do if I retired from what? I don't do anything now. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, there's been studies about that, like about how it's really good for, you know, brain health and I think just overall vitality to keep doing something. Yeah. So, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. What are you going to do when you grow up? (laughs) I don't know the answer to that today. (laughs) Okay, well, you can work on that one. If you'd like to join us, give us a call. Triple H, let me check. Just make sure it's working. Pretty sure it is. But all we don't get a lot of calls because people are shy. People like to do emails. But I'm just going to check it real quick here. Well, let me do a commercial and check it. Check it during the commercial. We're live here if you'd like to, to join us. Where am I? I want to do this one. I know one. I got one. I got one. you want to make some babies here you go at the end of the night the only place i want to go is back into my bedroom and the supplement i take with me is sir thrival's taboo aphrodisia it's an erotic herbal elixir made with several different aphrodisiac herbs and two key nutraceuticals it's finished off with cacao maple syrup and a little vanilla bean for a super sexy flavor and what it's designed to do is increase blood flow for both men and women to bed, baby. Don't worry. We're married. That's funny when he says, uh, don't worry, we're, we're married. When we come back, we're going to ask Hannah if she thinks that um, people should wait till they get married before they have sexual relations. I'm just surprised you know with that one. So you know she's gonna have to come up with an answer in the next twenty eight seconds. I just spring it on her. You know, I, it's not fair. I know, but you know I'm gonna do it because I like to surprise her. U.S. Coin Capital is a place where you can buy some gold and silver coins. Yes, you can. That's that's what you can do. U.S. Coin Capital. We we like it because you know what's going on in the money supply these days. I mean, it's crazy, Maisie. I think I saw another $15 billion to Ukraine. Yeah, they're just going to keep sending money. And they create this money. And it it uh, it makes the prices when you go to the food store go up in value and go up in price. Did you know that? So that's right. When you go and look at your organic oranges and it's gone up, you can just blame Ukraine. Just blame it on Ukraine. Blame it on Putin. Just blame it on somebody. It's crazy. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to buy some gold and silver coins, 800 800- 878-2646. We were out of stock for a while, but uh, back in, if you would like to uh, get some Pearl Sam, boy, this is a great product. You can brush your teeth with it. You're going to take it internally. Uh, puts a little calcium in your bones and not in your arteries. It's a wonderful product. If you click on it in our front page of One Radio Network, it'll take you to these little green containers. This is the powder. And just order a couple. You get a better price when you do a couple. And um, I think it's a it's a great product to brush your teeth with. We like it a lot. It's Pearl Seam, and it's on OneRadioNetwork.com. Pearl Seam on OneRadioNetwork.com. Where is my slide? I lost it again. It was here, and here it is, and now I got it. From the Hill Country in Texas... This is OneRadioNetwork.com. We are live here on a uh, Friday morning, 
the 30th of June, 30 days of September, last day of, um, what are you going to do July 4th? You got something happening, happening, you guys? Um, well, I am going to go see my family. Um, we always get together on the 4th. So my kids and I will go over there and see all my brothers and sisters and um, fireworks and things like that. So, yeah. And where do they, How about live? You? Where do they live? They live in Lebanon County. And where is that? How far is that from you? That's about like 38 minutes north oh. of me. Yeah. You didn't time it or anything, 38 minutes. I like No. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's just a, a random just pulling that out of my uh, head today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 38 minutes. Oh. I won't really ask you that sex question. It's really a dumb question. So I was just kidding about that. <laughs> Unless you had some theories on it that you would like to convey to us. Well, I'd be happy to hear them. Well, I had, I had a question about the question. Oh, okay. That's even better. Question about the question. Okay. Um, yeah, I just was interested in, in why um, why that was important. <laughs> like, yeah. wh- why is that an important question? <laughs> uh, it's not an important question. It was a dumb question. Just excuse me. No, Thank- it's not dumb. <laughs> I have lots of of thoughts about it. Well, you know, way back, if you really look at some of the ancient ancient scripts kind of thing, you know, stuff, that sexual relations really was meant as a very um, sacred kind of a thing where where they had uh, your spiritual teacher kind of hook you up, you know, kind of marry you, and then that's when you had sex, and then that's when you had a baby. That that went on for a very very long long time in cultures going way back, so I don't think it's a stretch, you know. Um, I, I don't. What do you, you know what I mean? What do you think? Yeah, I think that this is <laughs> this could this could divide our our listeners. Oh, that's all right. Divide and conquer. Um, it's fine. So I think there's so much that plays into um, how sex is is viewed. Um, in, I'm just going to say in our society, because I don't live in any other one, but this one, we we have the male perspective and the female perspective on, on sex. And then there are many variants within that perspective based on, I think how you were raised and your temperament and your life experiences, et cetera. Um, for me personally, I do view, um, intimacy as a spiritual like to me it is a spiritual connection with a person and so that is how i think about it and approach it so it's not necessarily just a casual thing even if it's a a physical Mm -hmm. interaction Mm -hmm. um because yeah that's just how i personally view it um but i think that there are probably men and women that just could view it as a purely Physical interaction. You think? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they do in the movies anyway, so I don't know. Well, that's, uh, yeah, and, you know, has that, that may have influenced us as well. So, yeah, so for me personally, I think that it's important for us to be aware of that, you know, what, what we're connecting in ourselves to um, physically, just like what we consume in our body, whether we're something we're eating, listening to, watching, who we're spending time with, who we're being in- intimate with, all that's going to affect our well-being. So yeah. I think that we should be um, more cognizant of that, I think. And 
I'm not saying I always was. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I, mean, I always was, but I don't know. Younger version of myself. I'm just saying that that's how I view it. And that, that is, you know, how I would instruct my children as well. Mm -hmm. Do you all talk about those kind of things? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me too. I, I agree. I'm very, I resonate with what you're saying. I think the real intimacy is um, the communication and the interaction on a spiritual, mental, and emotional level. That's where the real intimacy happens. If, and if you can do all that first before you even touch or anything, I think, you know, but I'm a hopeless, hopeful romantic, so that's, that's the way I view it. After all years of doing it just the opposite way. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to hear because there's so much information out there that says that for men, um, you know, sex is just physical and they don't really think, or, you know, they're not really involved emotionally in the experience. So I'm curious from all the men out there, <laughs> uh, please email us in and tell, us, tell Hannah what you think. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, it really is kind of portrayed that way. Like things I read, like it's, it's for most, you know, the large percentage of men, it's just a physical thing. And so I don't know. I'm sure it is for some and, and, but who knows the, the percentage. And I don't think, you know, I, I think that, I think films and television and all, everything we see, TikTok, whatever, all that stuff and the internet, I think it, for me, I'm a conspiracy um, tinfoil hatter. So I think this is all part of the the big force to pit men against women. I think that there are forces that want men to be separate from, you know, and fight and whatever. And you know, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a controlled demolition as far as depicting men like that, you know. Mm -hmm. and, you know I certainly know a lot of guys where it's not like that, you know, friends. They talk about it. And they're very concerned about it. And, and they don't jump into just casual, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. My friends don't anyway. Of course, my friends are crazy like I am, so, you know. <laughs> but then I'm sure there's, you know, Yeah. This would be a good topic to talk about. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> we just have, you know, our free will to me in making choices is just so like amazing that I can really choose what I'm going to do and how I think about stuff. I like that. You know, I just, ex I get excited about that, you know. What mm -hmm. do I want to think about now? I don't know. Just choose a topic and, you know, and think about that. I had this great, uh, great idea for a screenplay that came through last night in the Dream State. I had the whole thing kind of laid out. It's just like, it's just so cool. And I wrote it down and I'm going to, so I'm going to put that on the list. I think I have about three or four waiting to waiting to get done, you know. Screen. So this was a new one that just came to you. Just came. And it just comes in the in the uh, in the dream state. And it it, it was all oh, the beginning, the middle, the end, you got the whole thing, really. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really I don't know where that comes from, but um my theory is that you know, what's that saying, Hannah? 
uh, there's nothing new under the sun, something like that, that all things are already created. Because if we look at them as being now, you know. So where is this screenplay completed if there's only now? I mean, no, I mean where, you know, that'll make your head explode, right? Okay, so here's the screenplay. It's done, right? Yeah. You know it's going to get done. So if it's already, I mean, where is it? See, so I think it's now. So mm-hmm. if you just look, if I look at it from that standpoint, I just keep looking at it and saying, okay, well, I want to I want to see more of it now, not tomorrow. And when I do that and just am quiet and wash dishes and walk and stay in that space, then things come in and say, well, yeah, well, then Joe could do that and that would be fun. And then what a happy day. Oh, that's great. Yeah, let's do that. So I don't know where that stuff comes from. I think it just comes from the screenplay gods that are up there going, here, have some more of this, you know. But, you know, if you if you uh, really read um, read the real prolific uh, uh, about the authors, Stephen, even Stephen King is wonky. I don't like his stuff, but this is what they talk about. This is what they do. They just lock themselves in the room. You know, I read the book on writing by Stephen King. It was really good. But he would just lock himself into a room with no windows every day for like six hours, and that was it. He couldn't leave, there was no phones, and something had to happen. And he would he would wait till it just comes, and he's probably one of the most successful guys, you know, ever. Curating creativity. Yeah, you just, it, it, it'll just come in if you sit there long enough, hmm. you know. Yeah. We don't sit still so much anymore no. in this society. Like, not in that way. Not in the way that we're, you know, being present. Yeah, yeah. One of uh, one of our um, classic spiritual exercises, Yeah, I may have mentioned this, but it's really pretty fun, and anybody can do it, is you just sit and do nothing. That's it. That's the only instructions. You sit and do nothing. And you'd be surprised what what you'll learn from that. Yes, I call that the art of doing nothing over here. It's yeah. something I'm trying to master. I just don't spend enough time doing it. <laughs> but I, I I really fully believe in that. I really oh, yeah. do. I yeah. I think it is uh, something we all should should try to practice a little more. Yeah. Not sitting watching TV, not sitting on our phone, not sitting listening to music, just doing nothing. And not thinking about a specific thing. I'm just not mm-hmm. going to think about anything, and I'm just going to do nothing. And you'd be surprised what what comes up. Some really interesting things. You learn a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. I like to do that in the morning. I sit out, doodles down in the creek, playing around, eating mud. She likes to eat mud these days. I don't know what that is. And um, I think it's like eating clay. You know, like humans eat clay. Yeah. Eating eating some mud. A lot of animals do that. I think she's making up for the the food that she's not eating, you know. But uh, I like to sit in the chair and just I just sit there and you know, it's kinda of fun. I'm doing a thing now where um I don't know, I think Adam Bergstrom talks about it, where if you take your palms and you oops, put it like this, I'm gonna see me. 
So you take your palms and put your palms up like this, you know? Mm-hmm. You, or you can put them on your side or up like this. Here, if you can see them. I, I get confused. And then the sun and the energy and the ether and the mojo just kind of goes right into the palms and into your body. And um, the more and more you do that, the, the less you need to eat in the way of food because we're getting our food from God. Hmm. Isn't that fun? So would that be like the manna from heaven? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or chi, right? It's called chi, C-H-I, or prana. A lot of mm-hmm. different names for it. The Holy Spirit, if you're Christian, it's the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets their name. It's all the same thing. I call it divine spirit or the ether, as Tesla talked about, or um, the get it from the ether. It's just, uh, you know, God stuff that's always pouring into us from from God. And there, there are, you know, there are people that actually have learned how to just live on that, too. They're called God eaters. You just, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't eat any food, or they just consume very little. No food, just God. Come on. They live in Agam Des, which is a kind of a place up in the Himalayan mountains, as you can't even get there unless you're going in your spirit, soul, soul body. But they're mm-hmm. called God Eaters. Their real name is Ashwar Dan Kaniwal, and that's what they do. And they do that so they can then go about their work, spiritual work with less, less stuff to do, right? Eat, digest, eliminate. Just gives you more, more time and energy to, to be, play with God. I have never heard of God eaters before, so I'm going to be looking this up. God eaters. <laughs> some people, there's been some alleged breatharians over the years, breatharians they call them. Never heard of that either. Yeah, there, there's a fellow... There was a fellow I interviewed in the early 80s in, in Austin. He claimed to be a breath eater, right? A black fellow. And um, not that it matters his skin, but I, his name was, I, I don't recall his name, but he was on the show and everybody thought he was crazy. And I kind of believed him and he did a event and he talked about it. And then it turned out, check this out, then it turned out he was going to McDonald's on the sly and eating. <laughs> Wiley Brooks, the name came to me. Oh, Wiley. Yeah, and he was, uh, he was found out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say about any of this. It's all too new. <laughs> but I'm guessing he just got hungry. So. <laughs> he just got hungry. He just got hungry. <laughs> Poor old Wiley just got hungry. Somebody just sent me this. The ugly truth about health fads. Oh, it's a video. I don't think we can watch it. Mm. But anyway. Well, there's a lot of health fads out there. Ketogenic, carnivore, vegetarian, macroneurotic. I mean, just a lot of them. They're easy, to, they're easy to pick on because nobody knows for sure, right? So it's easy to say, oh, no, no, you need this, you need that. 
we get a lot of uh, a lot of comments on the on our on our videos. So here's one here. Here it is. Somebody has the answer. So we'll read their answer, okay? Here it is. Yeah. Here it is. Great. Most people have parasites, and most are gut parasites, intestinal, liver, stomach. And I used to, and I use the word parasites loosely. Parasites here mean from unicellular-like bacteria to pluricellular-like tapeworms and anything on the spectrum now, when you take a parasite, allopathic or natural, allopathic or antiparasitical, you will get rid of them and you will feel better. Also, by doing that, you will have time for the body to fight cancer. Cancer is basically cells that multiply. And they go on and on and on and on. But you know, to this emailer, I will I will challenge you to, to just think about, uh, listen to the work of Cowan and those folks and all of them say that's not true, that these parasites are there to help and they're not there to, to eat us up. I don't know it's true. All, all the atoms of a person can be replaced while at the same time the person remains the same. <laughs> I don't quite understand that one, do you? Um, no, but then I mean, I've heard differing opinions on whether like atoms are even a thing. Like, do you believe in that? I have no idea. You know, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, about I don't know. It's just the more you listen to Cowan and they <laughs> uncover stuff and the whole DNA thing, you know, and all that, I don't know what to believe anymore. I, I think I'm just going to be uh, becoming an unbelie- a disbeliever of everything because then you're better off, right? Well, it is. It's a challenging time to live in the world because there are so many different like ideas floating out there about everything now, you know, and there's so much access to everyone's different opinions. So it does seem almost more difficult to find what, what may be true. But I think the truth is inside of us. And I think if we trust ourselves, the answers that we need about our bodies and our lives are there. Um, Not to say that we don't need the intervention of people that have studied things. That's not what I'm saying, but I don't think we spend enough time visiting ourselves. Having a quiet conversation with ourselves. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. We had quite a few people that had comment on the latest Dr. Jennifer Daniels show. She's a big advocate of uh, animal foods and especially pigs. And, yes. um, and every time, you know, and I get it, you know. I wish I, I wish I had a real, wonderful answer to those who don't want to kill animals. And I don't like killing animals, either. but I really had 
I really wish I had a nice way to ease their angst and anger about not killing, you know, about being a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. I just have never been very good at it. I try. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to talk about, and I understand why people, you know, from that perspective, find it, you I know, do. offensive. I get it. I really understand. Sure. I do understand. Yeah. I just feel like I need it at this point, and maybe maybe I'll change someday. Maybe I'll evolve to a more spiritual being and and you know live on carrots. I don't know, but at this point, I can tell the difference. You know, I can mm -hmm. really tell the difference, and I, you know. Dr. Jennifer Daniels also, and I talked about, um, and those of you listening, if you'd like to join the show, you can call. Right now we're live here on uh, Friday morning, 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Dr. Daniels was very clear on her opinion. Let me get some water. Excuse me a moment. Wow, the best water ever. Um, how Lyme's disease never has been proven to really exist as advertised. Never, mm. never. Mm. And people go through all these things and they go to doctors and they give them this thing, but it, it's never been proven to exist. It's been from the vaccines and, mm. and other weird things, and they just give it a name. They just mm -hmm. give it a name, you know. Just like they did with polio, when people were having, you know, these things happening with their um, with their body, with their legs, and walking, and um, they found out that it was from DDT, that they were mm -hmm. spraying for mosquitoes all over. They used to do it in my neighborhood. They would go mm -hmm. down the street with this huge truck, and I mean, fill the entire street with smoke. And it was DDT. This was mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Um, and then they would give them a vaccine and then that would make it worse. So then they give it a name and they call it polio. They call it polio. So they did this with limes, according to Dr. Daniels. And also, mm -hmm. all of these show me the virus people, you know, you know the names of them. So this lady wrote in and commented on Dr. Daniel's show. She said, my daughter had Lyme at age six. And it was horrifying. None of her symptoms made a lick of sense. To make matters worse, Boston Children's Hospital prescribed toxic antibiotics, making her even worse. I did a delayed VAC schedule with her, so this adds to, adds up, based on what Dr. Daniels is saying. I vaxxed hesitantly, but out of ignorance, I will never vax anyone in my family ever again. The level of depression was indescribable. I spiraled over my daughter's severe illness out of control, and now I realize I had a hand in poisoning her. Absolutely the lowest point in my life, I vowed to do better oh, for my future for my kids, my pets, my family. Thank God for Dr. Daniels. She and Dr. Kaufman helped me drop 
health insurance, and take responsibility for my family's health for good. Hmm. Pretty wild, huh? Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I'm still thinking about Lyme's disease as far as ticks. Are we saying ticks are not a carrier of anything? Like if they're They're sucking our blood, we shouldn't be concerned. Yeah, they're not. Matter of fact, I read an article where there's a place, Australia or New Zealand, has more ticks per capita, per tick bites forever, you know, in the world for some reason. I don't know why. And um, there's just no evidence that it's making people sick. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just a, I think it's just a made-up thing, Lyme, Connecticut, the whole bio. I don't trust any of this stuff anymore, Hannah. I just, I just can't believe any of it. I think we, I don't know. I just think we are equipped uh, in our body to deal with everything that comes our way. I really. And you know what? Even if I'm wrong about that, do you think it would be better to believe that something can eat you? or not. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're just totally crazy and you're just believing something, what would you think would be the better thing to believe? I'm healthy, I'm strong, nothing can hurt me, or a tick can bite me, or a virus can bite me, or whatever. What would be the healthier way to do, look at it, even if you're wrong? Right. No, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm I, saying? I think it's, yeah, I th- but I think it's, you could like take that a different way. Like, yeah, you can throw me in the, in the den with the lion. I'm pretty sure he's not going to eat me. And maybe he won't just because you're, you're thinking that, but I'm not sure I want to be thrown in the den with the lion. No, oh, I understand. <laughs> but, but just because we have this idea that we're invincible, <clears throat> doesn't mean we don't put our seatbelt on or doesn't mean mm-hmm. we don't drink poison or, you know, or put poison in our home to kill bugs and, Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you still, even though you're trusting God, you still ca- tie your camel. That's my answer to that. You know what I mean by tie your camel? You just don't walk out the street and be crazy or jump off a building or, you know, eat pizza yeah. every night. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I like that. Trust God and tie your camel. <laughs> Did you see, you're going to like this. And this is really news you can't make up. You know, you know the green agenda, right? The Green New Deal is all about carbon credits, right? It's all about mm-hmm. you got to get rid of your carbon credits because, or you got to get rid of carbon. It's all it's all about. So now mm-hmm. there's this uh, mayor in New York. He is banning wood-fired pizzas. Banning wood-fired pizzas because they put out too much smoke and causing global warming. Seriously. That's so sad. It's so sad. Oh, man. You can't even make up these headlines. You know, it's like, you can't make it up. So he's just, he's walking around shutting down all the, <laughs> the right. pizza. There's actually, they're going in and uh, and uh, giving people tickets for using the wood-fired ovens. And now some of the oh. pizzeria places, they're just telling them, to go away, leave me alone. This is how you make pizza. I don't care. What are you going to do, throw me in jail? So I don't know where it's going to go, but it's... 
Well, at least we know that that's what the problem is. Cause I've always, I've always wanted an outdoor pizza oven at my house. It's like pretty much my goal in life. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I told you, do you know that I had a little food store in 2007? Yeah. Called Timpone. Yeah. You said you were a master pizza maker. That, oh yeah. That's right. I told you the story. So that's yeah. all I did is make pizzas. It's just why the store failed because I didn't look at the numbers. Well, I, I forgot to multitask. Okay. <laughs> but that's all I did. And we, you just put this little fire, wood, put wood in the back of it, and they had a little gas thing to start the wood. And then you get a fire going. And it got up to, I think you get up to 900 degrees in that the floor of that pizza. 900 wow. degrees. Wow. You slide that puppy in there, and in about 90 seconds it was done. 90 seconds. 90 seconds? That's all it takes? Sometimes 60 seconds. It was that hot. Oh, my God. This is inspirational. I, I need a pizza. Oh, I want to make it for you someday. I'll show you how to do it, too. And I show you how to get the Italian flour. And um, it's out of control, man. I still have the recipe. That's awesome. Where'd you get the recipe from? Um, where did I get it from? Oh, I got it from this fellow who won like the best pizza ever in New York. And mm. I called him, I got him on the phone, and I asked him, would he tell me his recipe? And he said, sure. Oh, he said, sure. And he got this um, special flour from Italy called mm -hmm. Tipo, I'll always remember, double O. It was a special flour from Italy, so I bought it from Italy. Another reason why it went bankrupt, because I probably wasn't charging enough for the pieces without the way I was doing it. <laughs> I forgot that part, you know, to calculate how much it got. And um, so, yeah, and he showed me how to make it and to let the the dough rest overnight in the walk-in, and it would just puff up, and and um, then you roll it out. And he taught me how to do the whole thing. This guy was cool. He just was cool. He taught me the whole thing. This is making me ferociously hungry. <laughs> I mean, I'm just Everybody knows. Have you ever had one of the wood? You probably have had some of the wood fired, the real thin. It's yum, yeah. isn't it? Really. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I had some of this when I went to Italy. It's just amazing. And they be, they use very little cheese on their pizzas in Italy. Did you know that? Very little. Yeah. Just a little bit of cheese. They don't, they, and in, in this country, it's all cheese, right? It's all about cheese. <laughs> Which is why we weigh 40 pounds more than we should. <laughs> and so it's well, not a lot, a of, not a lot of cheese uh, but little fresh tomatoes and garlic and some special herbs and it tastes like divine and it's real real light I mean you could just eat a whole thing and you don't even feel like you've eaten anything you know I miss that pizza oven boy I tell you do you still make pizza at home now I don't no. I don't do any carbs anymore. I'm so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I know why I talk to all these crazy people, but I do better without carbs. You do carbs, yeah. right? You like, what kind of carbs do you eat? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't eat a ton, but um, I don't, I kind of just view food like everything in moderation is okay you know, what works for my body. So some weeks are more carbohydrates and some are not. 
but um, I love rice and I love quinoa a lot. Um, yeah, but, and I do love pasta. I just don't eat it all the time because it gluten, a lot of gluten makes me sleepy. Does it? Have you yeah. ever, have you ever heard of a, a company called Jovial, J-O-V-I-A-L? It's a friend of mine that started this company and um, it's really good. Check it out. You go online, Jovio, mm-hmm. and they make organic brown rice pasta better than any pasta you've ever had. So it's gluten-free. Yeah, get get some of it. Get the one with egg. There's They have one with egg. I don't mm. It's really I had, sounds- I had some the other night. I just, I did. Uh-huh. I woke up, you know, not woke up, but I was, I was just about four o'clock and I don't want to eat any more meat. And I'm just going to have some pasta. So I made some and it worked mm-hmm. perfectly with me. So maybe that it, sounds really good. it's really good. And you can, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. Tomatoes are just garlic and butter and olive oil. It's really, really fine. Yeah. And she's actually figured out how to get uh, brown rice with a low arsenic content. She's she's totally geeky as, as far as quality. It's a wonderful company, Jovial Foods. Oh, okay, I'll have to check yeah. it out. Yeah. That sounds good. I've had like, a, I've made like Thai noodles that are brown rice noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. These are really, and your kids will love it too. Your kids will love it. Do they like pasta? They do. They do. They eat a lot more of it than I do. They can. They're more active. <laughs> Get the kidney pasta, then you go to McDonald's, and then they go to eat pasta, and then they go to McDonald's. Come on. Oh, no. I, mean, they, they, I don't know how they do that. And they just do it. Mom, I'm hungry. What, you just ate. Well, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here is an email about Patrick, will you give us your pasta sauce recipe? Mm. You know, I really can't do that because we sold the recipe to a company who bought the recipe. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't be good. But I could come over to your house and show you and if you wouldn't tell anybody. 